Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, big one in the desert tonight before the All-Star break. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Pretty big news conference this afternoon, too, Canty. We get to hear from Kevin Durant for the first time since being traded to the Phoenix Suns. He will not be back until after the break. Clippers are in town tonight for a pretty good matchup uh, before the All-Star break. And listen, with Durant... There is so much optimism now in Phoenix. Listen to Greeny this week uh, speaking about this situation and why this is kind of an ideal situation. Durant is going to have something now that he's never had before. Kevin Durant has played with excellent point guards, but Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, none of them your pure point guards. Chris Paul is the definition of the pure point guard. The combination of Durant and Paul is going to be spectacular. Why do I, even though I agree with Greeny, it's going to be incredibly fun to watch. Mm. Why am I struggling with the concept of Phoenix winning the championship this year? Uh, Carlin, I'm not sure why you're struggling with it, but I'm struggling with it too. It could have something to do with Chris Paul getting injured in the playoffs. At this point, you can set your watch to it. Kevin Durant has had issues with staying healthy. He's missed time in each of the last four seasons. And Devin Booker missed some time this year. So, I mean, health is always the biggest factor when it comes to competing in the NBA postseason. Every single year, we see a consequential injury that keeps a team from realizing their full potential and derails their championship aspirations. So color me a little bit skeptical when it comes to how this thing is going to work out in Phoenix. But Carlin, so we're clear, if this trade doesn't result in a championship for the Phoenix Suns, it's an absolute failure. Well, that's why they went and got Durant. I mean, that that's it. And but you, you can't, know. here's my point. You can't add a top five player in the NBA to Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton and not win it all. If no. you don't win it all, then it's a massive failure. Yeah, and, oh, by, and oh, by the way, did, did you see what Mikel Bridges did last oh, night too? Oh, yeah, I did. Dropping 45 in a win over the Miami Heat. Oh, my that guy's going to be an all-star next year. That's how good he is. But all I'm simply saying is this. I get why the Phoenix Suns had to take a big swing. Because you realize you couldn't wait around for Bridges and Cam Johnson to develop into those types of impact players when you got a guy like Kevin Durant who is a top five player and arguably the best scorer in the game today. You had to add him to Chris Paul because you don't know how long Chris Paul has, how much he has left in the tank. You got Devin Booker in his prime. You got DeAndre Ayton entering his prime. It just made sense based on their timeline to go for it I'm just skeptical that it's actually going to go work out. Now, as far as what Greeny said with the basketball fit, while it is true that KD has never had a true point guard the caliber of Chris Paul, the way that they played in Golden State in terms of sharing the basketball was a better fit for KD than anything that they're going to do with the Phoenix Suns. Well, this this kind of brings me to my point. For me, as I was wondering aloud a few minutes ago, What it really seems to boil down to is Devin Booker. How is this going to work with him? How is that dynamic going to work when now Durant's the guy? uh, You're not taking a back seat, so to speak, but you're certainly not the focal point for uh, everybody. You're a focal point, but when... You're taking a back seat. Stop, don't sugarcoat it. You're taking a back seat. You are taking a back seat in... 
listen, he's a tremendous The last five player. minutes Can't of the game, who are you Can't getting he? the ball to, Carlos? There's the no question. The last five minutes of the game, I have going to Kevin Durant. Before this trade, it was going to Devin Booker. Can't so he? You- listen, I totally agree with that. And that's where I'm worried about Booker in this. Is he going to, at this point, he's still a very young player, right? We're talking about those other guys with Paul and with Durant. They kind of understand how this all works and how to try to make the pieces fit. This is a first for when it comes to Devin Booker. To, to have this level of talent with him on the team is a first, and is he going to be able to handle that? Is he going to be able to adjust his game to make that fit? I love it in concept. I love it on paper, but we have seen this kind of thing not work before because of reasons like that, because a player has not been able to adapt. Yeah, I don't, I don't worry about that with Devin Booker as much because Devin Booker has the ability to knock the ball down being a catch-and-shoot player. Devin Booker can score 30 points and take 15 dribbles all game. Like that, That's the kind of player he is. So I don't worry about that potential fit when it comes to you know Kevin Durant you know, having the ball in his hands more or Chris Paul having the ball in his hands more in the half-court sets. I, I think it does free up opportunities for D-Book to be more of a catch-and-shoot threat and help space the floor for other guys to be able to do their thing. Um, he's certainly going to get his touches because of defenses paying more attention to KD than they will be paying attention to him. But but I, I'm more concerned about the health aspect of all of this with Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. Because now what you've said is that this is our window to compete for a championship. We've given ourselves two, maybe three years of runway, including this year, in order to get the job done. And based on the health concerns that we've seen from CP3 and KD the last several years, I just don't know that it's all going to align for Phoenix in order for them to go on a deep playoff run and actually win the NBA Finals. Canty and Carlin in for Grinny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Now, you brought it up. You don't win a championship. This is a failure. And we saw what Bridges did last night. Carlin, he dropped 45 points on 24 shots. Yeah. I believe they call that efficient. I mean, I never played the game professionally, but that's not a bad performance. Canty, for going through what the Nets just went through, the five-year period of building up to position themselves to get Durant, to get the superstars in town, and then having it completely implode on them, I don't believe they have come out on the back side of it all that bad. <laughs> I really don't. No. They may have traded away all the picks that they did, but they got them all back. They may be a little bit later, but they've got a ton of assets, and they've got some good players, some good foundational guys to work with. This may not be a complete rebuild for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I mean, they have two guys on their roster that I think can develop into all-stars in Mikael Bridges and Nick Claxton. Cam Johnson is not a bad wingman. You do have Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a better wing defender in our league. Dinwiddie and he can got score. Sp- and, and, he's got, and he can score. And you got Dinwiddie. Yeah. And, and then coming off of the bench, you do have some shooting with Joe Harris and Seth Curry. And then you have Royce O'Neal. So they have 
a good little team, Carlin, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. No, they, but they have assets. Team, yeah. But they, they have a good little team from this perspective. They've got young players that can grow with extended minutes and develop into all-star caliber uh, performers, and then you have assets to be able to add to that moving forward just based on the landscape of what's going to be available in free agency or what might be available via trade. I think they they have the opportunity to reestablish the culture that we saw before Kyrie and Katie got there, a culture that saw D'Angelo Russell turn himself into an all-star after being a draft pick bust by the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think that's the most important thing. I like Jacques Vaughn as the head coach of this group. I hope he gets an opportunity to be the head coach for the foreseeable future with this group of guys. Because, Carlin, I think that the Brooklyn Nets can retool this thing on the fly and be competitive sooner rather than later. They'll probably be relegated to being a play-in team this year. Right now they're sitting in the fifth spot in the East. I expect them to slip a little bit down the stretch. But, Carlin, this is going to be a team that challenges for a playoff spot for the foreseeable future. And that's a good place to be in after you've moved on from two top ten players in the league. They also, unfortunately, have one other thing. The worst contract in the league. Yeah. There's that. Boy, it's a big nothing burger with Ben Simmons right now. Yeah. Is this ever – can this ever be fixed? I don't think so. No. No. I think it's over. No. I think it's over. this, This is a wrap. Wow. I, and I don't, I don't know. Like, he's he's coming off the bench now, Carlin. For a guy that's making the kind of scratch he's getting to be coming off the bench and give you two points in 20 minutes. And only here's the other thing, Carlin. He only took two shots. He's afraid to shoot the ball. With the hype and the money, is he going to become one of the all-time biggest busts in NBA history? Oh, it's hard to say that because he was an all-star, right? I, I know, but I'm just talking about, like, we should be entering the prime of Ben Simmons right now. You know? Yeah. He's six, seven years in, and it is, like, you, with the amount, it, it, normally it's just the bust when it comes to the draft. Yeah. This is bust over a seven or eight year period where teams handed over a ton of cash yeah I mean you can't call him a bust because he's a three-time all-star he was an all-NBA performer in the 2019 season and he's two-time all-defensive team and he was rookie of the year you can't call him a bust but you're never going to get him to play up to the potential that we saw in him once upon a time and to be a guy that lives up to the contract that's just not going to happen yeah there's no book- way <laughs> there's no way you can convince a team to take that contract now it's it's just it it ends up being a situation where the Nets got the worst of that James Harden deal when in the immediate aftermath we thought the opposite. So, yeah, Ben Simmons is is not necessarily the best, but but Carlin, based on what this organization went through over the last four years, they've come out on the other other side of this thing with some pretty good young pieces and a lot of assets that are going to be tradable. He might I'm have just saying, all, not a bad place to be in. He might have all those all-star appearances in defensive teams. My book, massive bust, massive because they paid him so. No, much you know, money. you know what, a, you know what a bust is, Carlin. It's Markel Fultz from the Orlando Magic. Well, when, I'm when, aware the, of that. When, when the Sixers and the Lakers passed on taking Jason Tatum, who went yeah, third did, overall to Boston, that's a bust. Yes, no, that I, is the definition of a bust. Listen, I died just on so that hill in Philly. Just so we're clear. I died on that hill in Philly when okay. I was working there. Yeah. I, I'm fully aware of what happened there. You're fully aware? 
I'm Fultzy aware. Thank you. Okay. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, this afternoon, 3.04 p.m. Eastern Time, Tiger, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas paired together in the Genesis Invitational as Tiger is back. You can catch it all on ESPN Plus, the pairings together. Just follow them. It, it is such a tremendous feature of ESPN Plus for the golf fan to be able to watch that. You can just lock in on them, and I will be paying attention this afternoon. It's Canty and Carlin in for Graney on the way. The Giants right now are on the clock, and they have got to figure out what they're going to do next week with two of their star players. We'll tell you why that decision should be a little bit easier than it is next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Little bit of breaking news out of Boston today. Time for the progressive NBA snapshot. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Celtics made it official. They have named Joe Mazzula as their permanent head coach, and we consider how things have gone so far this year. It was probably a no-brainer to begin with, but they do it at the All-Star break. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Canty, the franchise tags... Day, uh, deadline, not deadline, that's March 7th, but the begin, window to, the open, window the to open it begins next go. week. There and you go. Thank you. I can speak. It's amazing sometimes that we'll I spit it out. This is my job it, that I can actually uh, communicate and can't get words out, and it still can't do it. All right. So you have Daniel Jones, you have Saquon Barkley, and you have the window opening up next week. We talked to Dan Graziano earlier in the show who seemed to think that it would be much better for the Giants to get a deal done here with Daniel Jones sooner rather than later Mm. so that you could use the tag on Saquon Barkley because they'd be more likely to lose Barkley this offseason. Canty, what does the deal look like right now? 
after all of this for Daniel Jones? Well, let's start here. First of all, this is not a problem that was unforeseen by the Giants. Remember, back during their bye week, they were trying to negotiate with Saquon Barkley to get a long-term deal done. Now, the two sides were believed to be a little far apart. Saquon was closer to the $14 million a year range, and the Giants were around 12, 12 and a half. So I think that part of it um, can't go understated when we start talking about the dynamic and the decision that they have to make. Now, when it comes to Daniel Jones, Carlin, I want to see more. And so I'm not opposed to him playing on the non-exclusive franchise tag at $32.5 million a year. Now, you're not going to use the exclusive franchise tag on him because that number is $45 million for 2023. Right. So the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that a team could swoop in, sign Daniel Jones to an offer sheet, a contract that the Giants are unwilling to match for whatever reason, and then that team, if they do sign Daniel Jones, would have to give the Giants two first-round draft picks. To that point, I would say, God bless you, Daniel Jones. I wish you nothing but the best and more success. But if I'm the Giants, if I'm Brian Dable and Joe Shane, I want to see more from Daniel Jones. And when I say more, I'm talking about being able to have more production in the passing game. Carlin, during the regular season, Daniel Jones only had 15 touchdown passes in 16 regular season starts. I get it. He didn't turn the ball over, but to me, that's that can't table, be the bar. That's table stakes for yeah. a starting quarterback. You have to be a difference maker, and I get it. He didn't have a lot of difference makers around him in his receiving core, but at the same time, I need him to have more than that. Justin Fields didn't have a lot of difference makers in his receiving core, and Justin Fields threw for 17 touchdown passes in one fewer start. I'm, so all I'm simply saying is this, Carlin. I need to see more from Daniel Jones before I'm going to make a long-term commitment to him, which is why I'm not opposed to them putting the franchise tag on him and asking him to play under the franchise tag. I'm not handing over $120 million for you to just not screw it up. No. no I no, can't do that. I'm no. sorry. You have to go out there and be able to make plays for my team to win games. And while Giant fans were all thrilled with how he played this season – the bar had been remarkably lowered for quite some time. And I think that's why when they look at it, they say, why wouldn't you, Pam? You don't know this is going to continue to get better. This could have been where it tops out. And that's not good enough to be the answer long term. I'm with you. And if you're Jones, sign the tag. Or, you know, if, if, somebody else wants million. To, <laughs> if somebody else wants to sign you, great. Okay? Yeah. And I'm with you. Giants, take the picks. We move on. Sign the tag. I mean, there's, there's no discussion here. You may not be happy about not getting a long-term deal. All you got to do is go out and play a little bit better this year, and you'll get your deal. Well, there's here's, here's nothing the other, wrong with this. Well, here's the other thing to, to signing the tag. If he signs the tag, then he can play the game like we saw Kirk Cousins play the game. Yeah. And when you think about the caliber of quarterback that both of those guys are, they're in the same territory. They're in the same, same ballpark. And, and so if you're Daniel Jones, it's not the worst – situation to be in just look at the franchise tag as the fifth year option that the Giants decided to decline and yet you're getting 12 to 12 and a half million dollars more that's a win you take that but now if you do tag Daniel Jones you have to deal with the potential of Saquon Barkley walking out the door and and your franchise seemingly getting nothing but a compensatory pick for it what's your number here for Saquon it's the Nick Chubb deal 
It's it's three years, thirteen million dollars per. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I top out at. I I, I like Saquon. He's a really good player. Thirteen hundred yards rushing. I mean, Carla, you can't deny the production and the impact that he has on team success. But you also can't ignore the injury history from him. And you have to also ask yourself the question: Is this the best that we're going to see from Saquon Barkley? You're talking about a guy in a contract year. Highly motivated. Are you going to see this same version of Saquon moving forward? Based on the recent history for running backs, that's doubtful. Like, everybody is not Christian McCaffrey. Think about this. They, they paid Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas after he had two rushing titles. How'd that work out for the Dallas Cowboys? Not great. Nope. So, so it's hard to say that you're, you're willing to commit huge dollars in terms of guarantees and average annual value to Saquon moving forward. That's why it has to be that Nick Chubb deal. Uh, you know, I think if it's anything more than that in terms of the dollar figure or the amount of years, you pass on it and you try to replace him through the draft or free agency. And Kenji, I'm the same place because of that, because of what you just mentioned on Zeke. Not, not quite the same thing. I, I'm not franchising or, or paying Tony Pollard big money. Mm. I'm not doing it. I know he can be an explosive player, but off the injury, am I supposed to do that and feel good about it? Listen, Dalton Schultz, you want to franchise him? Go ahead. Tony Pollard, I, there are too many guys I can find at that position. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh-round pick this year. Yeah. Look at how that worked. You can find the guys that you need to find. You found Tony Pollard. That's, that's one of those spots where I can go find another guy. Yeah, and there's a reason why the mock drafts are projecting B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas, to go to the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys, the way that that offense is built, they need more than just a guy. They need a difference maker. And Tony Pollard was absolutely a difference maker, not just in the running game, but in the passing game too as a receiver. All you got to do is look back at that Minnesota Vikings game where he exploded and he was huge in terms of being a downfield receiver coming out of the backfield. So I I think – that's the situation that the Cowboys are faced with. The ankle injury uh, adds a little more gray to the situation in terms of how both sides proceed. But, Carlin, I'm with you. I franchise Dalton Schultz. It's $13 million. I need weapons for my quarterback in the passing game. I don't want to lose him. Um, and then I, I look at potentially trying to work out something with Tony Pollard, a team-friendly deal, see how important being a Dallas Cowboy is to him. And if he decides to balk on that, then we're not only talking about moving on from Ezekiel Elliott, we're probably moving on from Pollard and we're drafting a guy. Help people affected by the Turkey earthquake. Please visit redcross.org slash ESPN. That's redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. In just moments, Canty, We will turn to other quarterbacks in this league, including Justin Fields. Somebody needs to explain to me why the Bears would ever trade Justin Fields and how will the NFC champions be affected by losing not just two coordinators, but also paying their quarterback big-time money. If you're worried about it, maybe don't. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Kenty, it is depressing sometimes when you have a guy like Cam Pratt on the show, mm. and he's so young. He's so young. Cam, what are you, 24? 25, come on. You're 25, and you throw out 
references from seven or eight. Cam, do you know who this music is, by the way? Do you know? Uh, who yeah, this Red is? Hot Chili Peppers. Okay, that would. Really I, did, I did not know who this music was. By, <laughs> well, you asked the wrong I had person. No clue. All right. Well, this, this is not this, your kind. Of, this, this is not, is not what my you, genre of music. But yeah. Colin, I did have a moment where I felt old last night. So yeah. I'm watching the game last night uh, with the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs. Don't ask me. My dad's a huge Charlotte Hornets fan because he lives in Charlotte. So we're watching LaMelo Ball go off for a triple-double, and I'm sitting here watching George Lynch of (laughs) UNC fame (laughs) (laughs) commentating on the game. And I'm sitting there looking at George Lynch and how old George Lynch looks, and I'm saying to myself, Damn, I'm old because if George Lynch looks like that, I remember yeah. watching George Lynch when I was a kid growing up. If he looks that old, how do I look? Yeah. Like it's just it's a scary moment when you have those situations where you see sports heroes start yeah. to show their age a little bit. Just saying, Carlin. Just you know, saying. You know what really depresses me more than anything? What's that? When I see the sports guys like Lovey Smith and Jacques Vaughn with the full gray beards. And I remember yeah. Jacques Vaughn at Kansas. Yeah, but here's the thing like, about the, here's the thing about me. gray hair in general. Some people gray earlier than others. So that that's not in and of itself a telltale sign, but when you start to see someone that's worse for wear and you can see the age yeah. on them, you can see the years, that's when it's like, wait a damn minute. Like, if they look that old, how old do I look? (laughs) That is basically... That's the first thought. And maybe it it takes it to a selfish place. It's like, okay, that person looks really old. How old do I look? Yeah. Yeah. And there are times where I will look in the mirror and say, "This we're not that bad. And then I'm like... But you look at yourself every day. That's That's the problem with all of it. You see yourself every day. So you don't know that you look markedly older than most people thought you were. Or, you know what I'm saying? You look older than what you were 15, 20 years ago. Yes. It just caught me off guard, Carlin. It was a moment last night. So I hear you saying that to Cam, and it just brought me back to that place. It's an unsettling feeling, to say the least. Even even Bubba, you know, Bubba, who's in his late 30s, was disheartened a minute ago about what Cam – I mean, Bubba, am I correct? We don't need to get into what the specific reference was. But how many times – do you say something, and Cam now, as the new part of uh, the member of the hashtag crew, does he frustrate you with that? Like, you're like, oh, God, I'm not that old. Yeah, I mean, what we do every day is uh, every day after the show, I put on music because I, I like to, I don't like to sit in silence. So mm. I play uh, music from my Spotify playlist, and uh, I usually have him guess the song. And the only songs he's pretty much gotten right so far were uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven, so the most popular song of all Ever. time. And uh, I think a uh, Paul Simon song. And, and I got Bohemian Rhapsody, and he got one Bohemian of the Rhapsody. other so most popular songs. The only of songs he's got right were the, the most popular songs of all time. He, I think I got a Tom Petty as well. Pretty much any other song he gets wrong, whether it's uh, Bruce Springsteen or another time, like it's very frustrating talking to him. Most of the st- I remember Jacques Vaughn in Kansas with Paul Pierce and Roy Williams. I remember, yeah. and yeah, it's it's very frustrating talking to him most of the time. Yeah, listen, and and it's nothing against Cam. I'm sure people felt the same way about us when we would when we were younger, or certainly when I was younger, because I'm considerably older than you, Bubba. But I, I just God. 
There are some times you just want to shake your head. I, I'm guessing the only reason, Cam, that you know Bohemian Rhapsody is you happen to movie. watch Wayne's World. No, come on. No, he <laughs> knows a, it because no, Carlin. He knows it because of the no, movie. No, it's no, I don't, Canty. Let's put Academy a stop Award to this right now. That's the only reason why he knows. That it. movie came out like three years ago. I'm that's not the, five. But, but that's, that's the only reason why you know. No, it. dude, it. I know the song. Yeah. I'm not buying it. We're not buying it, Cam. You this need, is not a thing people. that you need to buy. This is you one know, of the most famous songs of all time. I know that song. I know yeah, Queen. Right, one la- one right. last question. Okay. Have you ever seen Wayne's World? The first one, but a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. When you were like six? According to Canty, it was like two years ago. If I don't it know feels what like that when we talk to you. Jeez. It does Canty. feel like that most times. Canty yeah. <laughs> and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by... Patron Perfection starts with Patron. I'm, I can't even drink that stuff. You're not old enough to drink yet. You're going to get yeah. carded. I shouldn't drink that stuff. Pat and Ron are responsible <laughs> for most of my irresponsible decisions as an adult. Boy, that but hits anyway. you worse now, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Canty, listen. The, the thing that we were kicking around right before the break was – regarding Daniel Jones and what his future is with the Giants. But there are several quarterbacks now that are in similar situations, but in in other ways, very, very different situations. First up is Jalen Hurts. Here he is, asked this week about the upcoming contract talks that he's going to have with the Eagles. The thing that, that I'm most focused on is winning. You know, the only thing I care about is winning, ultimately winning championships. So there will be a day where that conversation can be had, but today isn't that day. But that day is coming very soon, and that day is coming in the next couple of months. And Canty, he is going to get paid in a big, big way. But there is a misnomer here. People are are worried now because they hear so much about the quarterback on the rookie contract and how it makes it so much more difficult to win later on when you are paying the quarterback. But that dynamic has completely changed explain well yeah because the salary cap is only going to go up from here carlin with the influx of tech money into the nfl revenue stream so think about the amazon thursday night package think about the youtube uh sunday ticket package that is going to make the salary cap in the revenue that the nfl is going to generate explode and we know the players sharing that they split the pie down the middle 50 50 so it's a situation now where we saw the cap this offseason go up $16 million. It was at 208. Now it's going to be at 224. Carlin, over the next couple of years, with all of this new tech cash coming into the NFL, you're talking about the salary cap jumping 10, 20%, somewhere in that ballpark. Think about what the salaries are going to be for quarterbacks at that point. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a situation now where you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. If you extend Jalen Hurts with a top-of-the-market deal on an extended contract, and Carlin, I'm talking about you know a six-year extension, seven-year extension, maybe even you'd go the Pat Mahomes route and you make it a decade-long extension, whatever you want to do, it's going to be obsolete in the next two to three years, similar to what we're seeing with Pat Mahomes' contract. They're talking about doing something with Pat Mahomes' deal yeah. because his compensation is not reflective of the kind of player and the kind of production that he has. Carlin, it wasn't that long ago where the guy signed a contract for nearly a half a billion dollars. <laughs> so, so that's where quarterback salaries are going. It would behoove the Philadelphia Eagles to get this deal done sooner rather than later. 
You want to get this extension done before Joe Burrow gets a new contract, before Justin Herbert gets a new contract, before Lamar Jackson gets a new contract, because this is going to be the Carlin. The question isn't whether or not Jalen Hurts will be the highest paid player in the NFL when he signs his new deal. Based on average annual value, that's a given. The only question is going to be for how long. And I would argue that it's not going to be that long if you get it done before those other contracts get taken care of. So to me, this is a situation where you pay Jalen Hurts now and it actually frees you up to do other business this offseason as opposed to precluding you from retaining the talent that you need and supplementing your roster with the pieces that you want in order to get your team back to the Super Bowl. Well, there are two other quarterbacks that are specifically affected by this, one immediately, one in the relatively near future. We'll tell you about that in 30 seconds. If you're still overpaying for a razor, In this economy, that's just flat-out gross. Inflation is lame. Crying at the gas station, lame. And overpaying for razors is lame. That's why Dollar Shave Club exists. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shaving products for years online, and they're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Get your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Epic razors, epically affordable. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. This Lamar Jackson thing is headed for an ugly, ugly offseason. And I don't think it's going to end with Lamar Jackson playing with the Baltimore Ravens in the future. And Canty, to your point... This was all exceptionally avoidable if they had done the right thing a year and a half ago. Well, we were talking about paying quarterbacks after their third season, right? Jalen Hurts after his third season, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. If the Ravens would have paid Lamar Jackson after he won that road playoff game down in Nashville, they wouldn't be in this situation because you wouldn't have the precedence of the Dak Prescott contract and, more importantly, the Deshaun Watson contract that was fully guaranteed to contend with. You can negotiate with Lamar. You can make him the highest-paid quarterback at the time, and you would fall – significantly far under the deals that we're talking about with those two reference points, Dak and Deshaun. So I I don't understand why the Ravens are picking this hill to die on in terms of not wanting to fully guarantee Lamar's deal because we know that if Lamar Jackson decides he's not going to side the franchise tag that they're inevitably going to put on him, then he's going to be able to dictate where he ends up being traded to and he's going to get his fully guaranteed contract in. So for Lamar Jackson, he has maximum leverage, Carlin. He doesn't have to play another game, and he's going to get exactly what he wants, whether it's from the Baltimore Ravens or whether it's from another team. Because the reality is when you tag a player, that amount is is applied to your salary cap at that point. That would mean $45 million on the exclusive franchise tag hits the Ravens' salary cap the moment they tag him. That essentially would keep them from doing any other business this offseason. So there's no rhyme or reason why the Baltimore Ravens wouldn't try to come to terms with Lamar sooner rather than later in paying him a fully guaranteed contract with top-of-the-market money or making a decision to trade him because they deem him not worth it. This is what frustrates me about that situation is because they're going to have to bite the bullet and every moment that they let pass, the price is going up. And then there's Justin Fields. I cannot get past this 
idea that when we get into how valuable uh, a quarterback on the rookie contract is, that it would potentially be more valuable to the Bears to draft another quarterback and to trade Justin Fields away simply because they could hit the reset button on that clock. That's dumb. Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback, and any team that wouldn't line up to get him outside of about three or four teams is out of their minds, and that's why, look, it all may be smoke and mirrors for the Bears right now to try to drive up the price on the number one overall pick, and that's fine. I don't blame them for doing that. But if there's actually validity behind the idea of moving on from a known quantity who's only getting better, who looks a lot like Jalen Hurts did in his second year, only better running the football, can't he? They're out of their minds, they're mismanaged, and you should be fired immediately for that decision. Yeah, just go back and look at Jalen Hurd's second year numbers and look at Justin Fields' second season numbers. Just look at them. Identical. They're, they're virtually identical. So, Carlin, what this comes down to for me is the inherent bias that a lot of people have with quarterbacks. When you have a guy that can not only be the focal point of the passing game, but the focal point of a running game, people are skeptical that that guy can do high-level winning, right? That's what it comes down to versus quarterbacks that are more of the conventional mold like Bryce Young, like Joe Burrow, like Justin Herbert that do most of their damage in the passing game. People lean in that direction just because they haven't seen a lot of the former quarterbacks, the guys that can be a focal point of the run game, win Super Bowls. But, Carlin, we're entering a new era in the National Football League. Defenses are different. Quarterback protections are different. Rules are slanted toward the offense. The quarterbacks in the mold of Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, they're going to become more of the norm because those are going to be the guys that start having high-end success. Absolutely, and that's what I don't get. If you're not willing to evolve and you want to go draft a quarterback like Will Levis or Bryce Young over Justin Fields, you're just asking for it. I, I once again point to what the hit rate is on first-round quarterbacks, it's not good. You hit. Why would you possibly double down in a situation like this? Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.